Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Your Favorite F Word. Sarah and Nicola here. Hi. We going to we gonna we gonna going we been going to talk about something that is you know always relevant in every area of our life, um, but also incredibly uncomfortable to start building awareness around and confront. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure. Um, so today we're going to be talking about self talk and the ways in which how we speak to ourselves and the stories we're telling ourselves can impact our success with our nutrition and our fitness. Um, And, you know, just like all of this stuff can spill over into other areas of our lives. Yeah, like well-being in general comes to mind when we think about like the impacts of our internal dialogue. Yes, yes. So season two, episode 20, we did a episode on self-belief. Um, so that is going to kind of tie into this. So if you haven't listened to that episode, we definitely recommend going to listen to that one, um, either before or after this one, those two really work nicely together, um, and obviously impact each other a lot. Um, but yeah, we're going to dive deeper into, you know, what is self-talk and how is that impacting us? (laughs) Um, should we start with the definition that you've left us? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, well, you go ahead with that. Okay, I just realized my mic isn't plugged in, so I'm whoops, Jesus. I'm gonna get my mic set up. Okay, while Sarah does that, I'm also just gonna pose this question. Um, people can comment on it if you have feelings. But whenever we start an episode, we say, "Hey, this is us. Here we are. We're gonna talk about something that is da 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 da," and we never just say what it is we're gonna talk about. We like lead you on. Is that annoying? Yes or no? Is that a fuck yes or a fuck no? When we're like, what do you think? I tend to do it, so like I feel like it's fine. But maybe if I was listening, I'd be like, hey, what the fuck are you talking about? But also maybe people read the title and were like, hey, I get it. And the show notes, like I think everyone's coming in with like an idea of what they're getting themselves into. Sure. Anyways, I just noticed that when you were. I was like, is she going to say we're talking about self talk, or is she going (laughs) to say we're talking about something that is important for these reasons? And every episode, it's like, this is important. Another important thing. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Should we do an episode and say, this is an episode on shit that is not important to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all yeah. about like good. getting people to keep listening, you know? Yeah. Okay. We'll throw some non-important shit at you in the future. That's fun too. Okay. But very important. We're going to talk about <laughs> the dictionary definition. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. So when we speak about self-talk, we're referring to this like internal dialogue that we all experience and often it's subconscious, right? It's not something that we're necessarily conscious about. We don't necessarily have like as much quote unquote control over it as we would benefit from. Um, and self-talk can be positive, negative, or just neutral, but Regardless, it can have a significant impact on our emotions and feelings, um, ultimately like the actions and behaviors that we're engaging in or maybe not engaging in and our overall well-being. Um, So when we talk about the context of like our health and fitness goals, self-talk plays a really powerful role in shaping our attitudes towards our exercise or training, our nutrition, our body image, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like really a big part of what we're referring to when we have larger conversations about just like mindset in general, how we're approaching not only like our goals in general, but like the daily actions that we have to kind of build habits around, um, how we're moving through relationships, how we're navigating ups and downs, failures, successes, and things like that. So it does really 
stretch into a lot of areas that are kind of all encapsulated within that idea of like mindset. Mm -hmm. Big time. So for the episode today, we're going to start by kind of just going through some examples of how self-talk can impact our fitness and nutrition goals um, and some specific examples of what we see with ourselves, with our clients, et cetera. Um, And then we're going to go into, we're going to talk a little bit about our environments and how those can influence our self-talk. And then we'll end with my favorite part, some strategies for improving our self-talk and building awareness around it so that we're creating more supportive overall mindset when it comes to reaching our health and fitness goals. Mm-hmm. Um, before we like dive in, I'm curious, like how you have noticed either your self-talk change or like what comes to mind for self-talk for you? Cause I think sometimes it's helpful for listeners to kind of get an idea of like just examples that maybe they can relate to, or at least like help understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was it's annoying as fuck. <laughs> Because I feel like my self-talk is very much influenced by external factors, such as um, my environments is a big one. Um, My menstrual cycle is another big one. Um, Social media use is one thing that really influences my self-talk. And I find for myself, and this is partly, I think, part of my leadership design being like a visionary as well. Um, is just like, there's periods where it's like really great and positive. And I feel like I'm like in a place of confidence and then all of a sudden something will happen. Um, sometimes it's self-inflicted, like I'll go out, maybe it's like after a night of drinking or after a few nights of poor sleep hygiene or, you know, those types of things where I do have control over those. But then I can fall into a spiral where it's like maybe a few days or weeks or even months of negative self-talk. And it feels really hard to pull myself out of it. Hmm. So So that's annoying to me. So it's kind of like the internal dialogue. So like the thoughts you're thinking about yourself really like does become your mood, affect your energy, affect then how you're acting and behaving. And I would imagine that that then reinforces the internal the, dialogue and what you're saying to yourself. You're literally exactly. showing yourself that yeah. the negative things are coming true. Yeah. Big yeah. time. Do you feel that too? Definitely. And I think that's something, um, this might be a bigger topic for another day, but in the context of like therapy, that was something that was pretty huge for me is like figuring out tools to kind of break that down. Cause my thoughts and feelings would become a mood and I would feel that last forever, mm-hmm. which is probably what made me feel like I was depressed is because there were always these moods that I was constantly reinforcing for myself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is like everything's interconnected here. And I think one of the tough things with self-talk and self-belief in general is it's not like there's like a specific start and end to the cycle, Mm -hmm. you know, like shit can come in at like any piece. And so we might be focusing on one area. Um, So for me personally, I can think about like my routines when I'm in routine and I'm like doing specific things and it's like regimented, generally my self-talk is better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's like, other things that can come in and either affect those routines or maybe the routines are on point, but something else is happening. So there's not like necessarily like a start here and follow this exact progression, Mm -hmm. which if you're a planner or, you know, routine oriented can feel very frustrating. Mm -hmm, For sure. And I think that's a good example of like how we can start to incorporate awareness into those kind of patterns we see ourselves fall into. And then what we'll talk about in one of the takeaways is like, how quickly can we interrupt that pattern and Mm -hmm. give ourselves a different pathway forward? Right. Um, So something like I had been working on for a little while, um, especially as it related to routines, is I felt like if I woke up and didn't instantly like get into the flow of something, it would be like, okay, well, fuck this day. Like my whole day is thrown off. And so like a self-talk piece that I had when I was starting to feel like that fuck this day kind of vibe was like, okay, how can we salvage the day? That would right. just be the one thing I would ask myself is like, what's one thing I can do to take the trajectory from like, fuck it to we'll make something out of the day, whether right. it's a perfect day or, or not, how can we do one little thing to change the path? So 
those are just a few examples of maybe like our own personal experience with it. Um, again, everybody's going to kind of go through this differently, even just like in how we talk to ourselves. Some people talk to ourselves in like first person. Some people are more like less thoughts vibes. Um, there's just so many ways in which like our internal dialogue goes. So mm-hmm. from this, I guess, see yourself in in things that make sense to you and ignore things that you haven't experienced or don't necessarily apply as much. Mm-hmm. And one other kind of thought piece to um, just add some nuance here and give like a little preface is like our expectations around self-talk matter too. So if we have the expectation that we're going to get to this point where all of our thoughts and feelings and self-talk is positive and we're like, fuck yeah, I'm the best person ever. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And there's like no negative things that ever creep in. That's probably pretty unrealistic. Um, as we talk about all of the factors involved with this stuff, we just don't have control over all of them. And so if we're expecting ourselves, like on those days where we wake up and we're like in that mood that Nicola just described, if we're expecting ourselves to completely turn it around and have like the most quote unquote productive day and no more negative self-talk throughout that entire day, maybe that's not super realistic. But if we can have that let's salvage the day with like one thing that's going to be a lot more accessible for most of us and and it's going to help us move through um and bounce back or mm-hmm. whatever language we want to use a lot easier yeah well, cool. so why don't we talk about just like a few of the ways we see self-talk come up specifically with our clients in terms of like mm-hmm. the language they're sharing with us and like the kind of like patterns that they get themselves into Okay. The first one that comes to mind with this is like conversations around like willpower Mm -hmm. or self-control. Those could be used interchangeably. Yeah, for sure. Because I think a lot of us feel, and a lot of people have negative self-talk in the language around like, I don't have any willpower or like, I can't be trusted around X situation or whatever. I don't know if you have other examples, but You know what I'm talking Um, about. I just heard one from a client with Easter coming up and the access to like candy. And they said something like, "Um, I'm fine and good until the weekend, especially when there's treats, it becomes a runaway. Right. So that language already is telling us like we have zero control. Yeah. And more often than not, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you've kind of already decided on your future and the outcome. Yeah. So an interesting thing with willpower, and I remember this is funny because I remember reading a book a long time ago. I can't remember. I think it was actually called Willpower. And a lot of research, yeah, (laughs) it's fine. It's fine. Um, A lot of the research on willpower up until like the last few years, I think, um, was around this idea that like willpower is a limited resource. And if we have to utilize so much willpower in other areas of our lives throughout the day, our willpower towards like our nutrition is non-existent because we've used it up, right? And it was a limited resource. And that book literally talked about that. I remember reading that book and I was like, okay. So then the thought was like, okay, how do I set myself up to like not use willpower? And that's where like habits and routines come in, which obviously still beneficial, but a lot lot of the research now is showing that like, if we believe and tell ourselves that willpower is limited, then it is going to be limited Mm -hmm. versus if we tell ourselves like my willpower is infinite, we're not going to experience the same lack quote unquote of willpower. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, for me, I hear that and I'm like, okay, I don't buy it. Like right. that's what my self-talk would be like. So me saying my willpower is infinite would not work for me to right. like reframe that narrative. Instead, I might have to say something to myself like willpower is really hard for me. And so I want to take that and leverage other skills to make it better. Like right. so I, I recognize that I don't need to lean on it. It doesn't need to be everything for me. And if I want to like grow my capacity in terms of willpower, then I need to do something else. Right. Yeah. So that's an example of how two different people might view that differently. Mm-hmm. Right. Any other thoughts on willpower or self-control? Um, 
I think self-talk? in terms of just like applicability, even though that book was kind of like off on being informed of how willpower actually like exists and the fact that our mindset around it does matter more. I do think that if we can put ourselves in positions where we're not solely relying on willpower in general, that's a good thing. Right. So like that concept that they came up with can be really helpful. And still to this day is something we do talk about with clients a lot is how can we think about willpower before we even need to utilize it. Um, but also more tangibly what are the habits or the actions we can take to really set ourselves up to not even like be in a space where worrying about your willpower resource potential even needs yeah. to be yeah yeah so things like meal prep or you know looking at a menu ahead of time and deciding what you're going to eat ahead of time or you know those types of things there's millions of them but um just to give some context there for some examples mm-hmm. So that's one way for sure. Um, This next one I really like. I haven't actually heard it with clients recently, but maybe just not in this specific way. But I really, really like this one. So it's the idea of like our language around saying things like I don't versus I can't. So these two kind of like ways of thinking about things that in terms of like our capability, I think are very intertwined and are used interchangeably for a lot of people without recognizing the bigger context of what those mean um, about your commitment, about your attitude towards the goal or the situation. So giving like a specific example, I think will really drive this home. So if we're talking about um, say like having dessert, that's something that comes up all the time when we talk about like I'm trying to make nutritional changes, but I don't want to feel restricted. This can make a big difference. So hear and like feel what it feels like to hear. <laughs> Just making this so confusing. <laughs> Listen as I say these two sentences. See if you feel a difference. I can't have dessert versus I don't want dessert. How does that feel when you hear that? Are you asking me? Yeah. I mean, I, the don't want feels more empowering and it feels like I have more control Mm -hmm. um, versus something that I'm being forced into. Right, right, right. Um, I'm thinking of another example here when it comes to maybe something more like gym performance where it's like, I can't do pull-ups versus I don't practice pull-ups enough. Mm -hmm. Again, one is like very limiting. It's essentially like ruling it out of something you're capable of. And the other one provides an opportunity. It also highlights the reality of like, you don't prioritize it. Yeah. Um, So I think it's kind of like, could be a wake up call, but it's also like opening the possibility for a different outcome. Mm -hmm. So trying to build some awareness around maybe where, or certain situations or certain um, like, topics where you're using that can't language. Mm -hmm. I think all of us probably have certain areas of our lives where we find ourselves using those more um, versus, versus other areas and trying to re reframe that. And again, it doesn't need to be like zero to a hundred. I can't do it. I'm fucking amazing at it. (laughs) That's not realistic, nor is it necessarily true at the exact moment. Um, but we can lie to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lying to yourselves is probably negative self-talk in itself. <laughs> um, it <laughs> probably backfires in the long run. Um, but really just like embracing, embracing the reality of the situation and a little bit of a growth mindset there. Mm-hmm. Big time. For sure. For sure. Okay. Any other thoughts on that one before we move on? No, no. Okay. So this next one is interesting because I think it's good. I'm going to ask Nicola some questions about this because as all of you know, Nicola is currently in school to become a therapist. And so the way that she is learning about the interplay between like thoughts, feelings, behaviors is a lot more evidence-based um, and like from a clinical standpoint. So the way that I might choose to talk about it or think about it Um, is a little bit different than Nicola. So what we want to talk about here is like this relationship between thoughts, feelings, facts, actions, and how those are kind of like all correlated. Um, 
And so my thought process around this and what I mentioned to like talk to Nicola about in this podcast was that we don't necessarily have control over the thoughts that come into our head, right? Often those are unconscious, um, but where we do have a little bit more, and I use the word control and Nicola will talk about it differently, is like the ways in which we take those thoughts and then the talk that we create about it and the actions that we have. So if you're going to kind of talk about this, how would you explain that differently or like in a, in a more nuanced way? Um, okay. I'll preface this with like, I'm still just learning about this. So there are definitely going to be gaps in my understanding of things, but really I think what this gets at is something that a type of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy really focuses on with this understanding of like, we have thoughts, we have feelings, we have behaviors. So thoughts are like the cognition. Those are the more like active things that would include kind of self-talk and our feelings are like the emotions that that elicits um, ultimately can produce behaviors. But the three of them are seen as being very intertwined where our feelings will impact our behaviors, behaviors will impact feelings, both can impact our cognition or the way we're thinking. And so the idea is that by changing or um, reorienting one of them, we can elicit different outcomes in the other spaces. Um, and so this idea of like not necessarily having control over our thoughts, I think like, yes, there will be some thoughts that like enter, but we do have the capacity to change that or change the meaning behind that ultimately right. to produce a different behavior or to change a mood mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So I think this is, does start to get out of our scope, um, in terms of like being nutrition coaches. Um, and if you really are struggling with like your thoughts become your emotions, your emotions become your moods and are kind of stuck in that kind of loop, um, definitely seeking out a therapist would be a really good option for you. However, I think when we talk about it in terms of our scope, a lot of like the language we hear from clients causes us to get curious about then what's going on in terms of the actions do those thoughts create the moods that Sarah kind of uh, mentioned and ultimately like what we would probably work on the most would be like what are the actions or the behaviors that are coming as a result right. of that um, and so we're not necessarily performing CBT on anyone we do ask a lot more questions about like okay what was your experience of this what did you think or feel when you made this choice how can you try and make a different choice in the future? What like tangible things would set you up to have a different experience and feel differently? Um, and so this can be complicated, but it also could be simplified depending on like, you know, what you're, what you're working on. Mm -hmm. What are some examples in which we see these things come up? Well, I was just going to say, I think the goal here is to take things from being more unconscious and bringing them to light and having more understanding and awareness of them, right? For sure. Bringing it from the unconscious yeah. to the conscious. Yeah. yeah for us. In, in the like work that we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some specific examples. Ooh. Um, okay. I kind of like wrote this down here, but I think maybe we'll talk about it um here. So this idea of like someone making a decision around food. I'm going to say it's like eating a, a air, I'm using big air quotes here, but like an off plan meal. So it's a food or a meal that they know they can't normally eat. Um, maybe it's like, I, we often hear from clients that it's more of like a processed food, a quote unquote junk food or treat food and choosing that instead of something else creates this mindset of like, now I feel guilty about it. Now the emotions are like that. I feel bad about myself. And then the behavior that stems from that is then like, well, I'm just going to continue making bad choices because I'm already in that kind of like negative headspace. And it becomes kind of like this spiral or a cycle that becomes really hard to get out of. Um, and so in those moments, I think being aware of the tendency to like make a decision that we're not super happy with or that doesn't align with our goals and then be aware of the pattern that usually results. Right. And then interrupt that pattern with something else. Right. 
So like the quicker that we can move on from that spiral or shut down the negative emotions that come with a decision that we wouldn't normally make, the better and the quicker we can move on to something more aligned, more positive, more affirming. Big time. Another example that I just thought of, and maybe this is like a different, um, Nicola and I are both talking with our hands a lot, right? <laughs> you can't see us, but maybe this is like interjecting at a different point in that correlation between the three, but, um, this is something I experience a lot. And I know a lot of my clients experience a lot is when we're having negative body image days. Um, for me, I've experienced this within my cut where if I have a day where I feel like my body's not changing how I'm supposed, how I want it to, or I feel just like uncomfortable in my body that can often lead to making a choice that's not aligned because, of thoughts of like, what's the point or a lack of self-belief in my abilities to make the changes that I want or something like that. Right. So again, we have that interconnectedness between the three where if I can stop myself and say, no, look, I just feel shitty in my body today. Whether I want to like explain why sometimes we don't always need to know why it can just be like, no, I just feel shitty in my body and recognize that like, yeah, I feel shitty in my body, but I also know that like this choice is going to make me feel worse versus this choice. That's going to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, and That's really huge. Cause yeah. I don't think we give ourselves enough time to recognize like, what's the next action or behavior that we engage in going to do for us. Is it going to bring us further down? Like, yes, it checks the box for fitting with our mood. So in a way we're like, yeah, that feels good. Cause it perpetuates that kind of like negative feeling we're already having yeah but if we can pause a little bit longer and think like what would actually make me feel better Mm -hmm. it's usually going to bring us out of that and create what I think is tends to be a lot more confidence because we can prove to ourselves that like we are fallible but we can also learn from those mistakes so it's like giving ourselves self-proof in a more positive direction yeah big time big time Um, okay. Do we have any other thoughts on that before we move on? (laughs) Or do we have feelings on it? Yeah. Um, I guess I just think with something like this, just because we're talking about it and I think it might seem like a simple adjustment, it is a practice that's going to be imperfect. I can think of many situations where I'm like, I know what to do and still making the change is really hard. Yeah. Um, And so if you're working with a coach, this is something I definitely encourage you to share with them, even just so that they know what you're working on, or they know that it's an obstacle for you. I think too often I find out months down the road that there's been like some, uh, what's a better word for self-sabotage? Because I don't really love that language, but like just some negative inner dialogue going on that's reinforcing decisions that are the person happy with yeah yeah and I wish I had known that sooner so that we could have these kinds of conversations whether or not I'm gonna be able to say something that like tips the scales or help you helps you feel really different I think it's helpful just to put it out there Mm -hmm. and be able to talk through it or literally speak words to it can bring another level of awareness for you it makes it a little bit more real absolutely Okay. We had a couple more notes here, but I think we should move on to environments just for the sake of time. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about how our environment can influence our self-talk, um, specifically like not supportive environments. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're talking about unsupportive environments, this can play out in a variety of ways. Um, it could be super correlated to our fitness goals. So for example, having a spouse or family members who don't support your fitness goals, um, don't understand them, um, or maybe like eat differently than you or are making negative comments about your choices or those types of things. We see that come up a lot, um, friend circles, those environments, but then also things like work. Um, or any like a stressful environment where it's maybe not necessarily related to our nutritional choices, but it's creating a negative self-talk in one area that's then carrying over to our nutrition. 
Yeah, or just like being an environment of stress doesn't necessarily like elicit positive vibes or like feelings of confidence or self-efficacy. It's usually like, you know, you leave feeling kind of shitty and it might not be shitty about nutrition or your body or anything, but it it becomes harder to separate then. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're in that mood space, right? And then that mood is now carrying out into your fitness and nutrition behaviors and thoughts as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can think of like days where work has been really shitty and my attitude to like go to the gym is like, fuck that. I yeah. just want to like decompress in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I do want to like provide the caveat that like sometimes that is the better option, but I think just being able to pause and recognize like, am I in a bad mood because of external factors or like, do I really need a different type of self-care? Mm-hmm. Um. So one example when we were talking about this podcast, Nicola brought this up. And I think this is like so relevant. Lots of my clients go through this too, is if we are um, having stress at work, because I think that's a big thing for people, um, stressful work situations. We see this a lot in individuals who work in like healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, yeah. um, but I mean, it's not limited to like a specific type of work, but if we're in a role or situation at work where our confidence is put down or, you know, we are constantly being questioned or um, disrespected or anything like that, that can lead into really negative self-talk around our abilities elsewhere. Yeah. And it does get really hard to separate the two. I mean, like I can imagine being at work and, um, someone questioning me in different ways. Uh, I leave work. I don't feel super great. And then I'm like, okay, now I have to, you know, go and put my best foot forward at the gym. Am I going to be able to approach my workouts with the same confidence as I maybe would the next day? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it might depend on the person, but I can imagine that over time, those things really do build up. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to go get my computer charger because my computer's going to die. But do you want to talk about this like support piece and the couple of things that we chat about um, in terms of like being able to address the situation and potentially like make yeah, changes yeah, to yeah. it? Okay. BRB. Okay. So again, here referring to situations in where maybe you're not even involved in the conversations or the negativity that's going on, but you notice it affecting you. Sometimes we can, depending on like who these people are or the situation, we might feel we can say something. And those are really great opportunities to kind of like air our concerns. Um, Maybe the people engaging in these more negative behaviors aren't even aware that they're doing it. And if you feel as though they'd be open to and you are confident enough to do so, bringing it to their attention to seeing if you can create a different environment or elicit some change there. But I also understand that there's a lot of privilege around that and we're not always in those situations. And so if we're unable to kind of change the environment, Mm -hmm. then what can we do for ourselves to cultivate a little bit more support or move through that situation? So I think a big thing is to recognize when we start internalizing that negativity or playing into it. um, and seeing if there are ways where we could maybe ignore it Um, that maybe is easier said than done if it's a pretty toxic space that you're in Um, or recognizing I think that you ultimately don't have control over what other people are thinking or saying or doing and all you can control is what you think say and do and so creating some tools or some outlets or having some spaces with family friends partners therapists coaches where you can kind of like break that stuff down, share your feelings around it, how it's impacting you, um, and just give voice to it in another way can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. I just got back. So I don't know what you were saying. (laughs) I just got back. (laughs) Um, But realistically, I think even just, um, recognizing that all we can do is control our own shit, Mm -hmm. um, could be pretty helpful in terms of like creating some strategies or like I said, talking it out with your coach to think about like, what is going to feel the most helpful for me in these situations, even just to bring like a little bit of 
lightness to the situation or like is it just a matter of like leaving the room when you hear these conversations Mm -hmm. um is it a matter of kind of mentally checking out um what are the little like safeguards that you can do for yourself so that it doesn't become your mood or your way of thinking Mm -hmm. a lot of clients I have create some sort of routine to like debrief from those so if it's at work I have a few of my clients who literally like go into the bathroom and like have a deep breathing exercise that they do in order, like it's after the conversation's over, they can't just like walk out from their boss and be like, no, Um, but once it's done, then they can go have that moment so that when they go into their next, like see their next client or patient or whatever, they're maybe not bringing that energy in. Um, and then at the end of the day, it can be really helpful too to whether you're driving home or walking home, have some sort of just like grounding routine for yourself. Um, some clients that's like a meditation type thing. Some of my clients literally just scream in their car. (laughs) Wait, have you ever done that? Yes. It's amazing. But I like go in the garage and I like close the garage and I'm sitting my car in the garage. Like I feel very like someone else is watching or judging me. I see. I see. Okay. I bring that up because, um, at one point my therapist told me I needed to find an outlet for my rage. Right. So on the way home from the gym one day, I tried to scream in my car and I'm like very sensitive to sounds and I screamed so loud and it like echoed in my car that it honestly like fucked up my nervous yeah. system. Like it was too much. And I went into like a deep, dark, like, ah, it was like, it was too much for me. Yeah. Just, my whole physiology just like shut down. Yeah. And I never did that again. If you do it into like a pillow or a shirt or something, it can help muffle the sound. Okay, noted. I'll I'll bring a more <laughs> shirt next yeah. time. But other people like blast their favorite song or whatever, yeah. you know, like just having some the yellow jacket. Yeah. yeah. What, what fucking shitty song? Like a three doors <laughs> down or something that he was listening to. I can't remember. Like I don't know some song. If you watch yeah. Yellow Jackets, um, wait, what's his name even? Trav. No. Oh. Who are you talking about? The husband who is Jackie. Oh, in his car. Yeah. 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 I remember now that was a couple episodes back. I'm too focused on the crazy shit that happened last episode. Yellow jackets segue. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should just do a yellow jackets episode. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're going to traditional value of human flesh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to refocus us back to this conversation. Um, let's go into some of these couple points on overcoming negative self-talk and then we'll wrap her up. So the first one, um, was just building awareness, um, and understanding of like some common negative self-talk patterns. Um, and so some of these include something that's called catastrophizing, which is when we exaggerate the negative consequences of the of a situation. Um, so in nutrition, you know, having one cookie or one meal, quote unquote, off plan or one treat or whatever you want to call it. I feel like it's very hard to have these conversations with nuance and not like (laughs) going into like the problematic shit around that language, but you know what we mean? Um, in the grand scheme of things that doesn't affect things very much. Right. But if we're catastrophizing, we're telling ourselves like I've wrecked all my progress. I'm never going to reach my goals, blah, blah, blah. So that's one that comes up a lot. Um, another one is personalizing. So that's when we blame ourselves for something that's like not necessarily in our control or our own fault. Um, having a trouble coming up with an example of that. Just like taking responsibility that things that you don't necessarily need to or blaming yourself for things that yeah. aren't really your fault, things outside of your control even. Mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot when it comes to like our relationships or conversations with other people. I think a lot of times we take per- we take personalization around or we blame ourselves um, for like other people's feelings or actions or those types of things. Yeah. And maybe another word for this is just like internalization. Yeah. I'm thinking of like, what happens if we have a client who's asked us for, ugh, I hate this term, tough love. And so we're giving them some feedback and then it becomes like, fuck, I'm not doing a good enough job. I'm not going to be able to do this. Right. That internalization of critical feedback that becomes like negative. Right. Yeah. So understanding like 
is that coming up and how is that influencing your mood? Um, and then another coach, if that's happening to you, absolutely. Specifically in the coaching environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the other one we had was just, it's called filtering, but it's when we choose to just focus on the negative aspects of a situation, which if we're in a state where like our automatic is that negative self-talk or that negative belief, then it's really easy for us to do this. Right. And we're just focusing on all the negative things that's happening. And this happens so much in check-ins. I was just gonna say yeah. Where like, and I think we talked about this on a previous episode where maybe you have like a bad day and that quote unquote bad day for whatever reason. And that day is your check-in day. And now you've like written off the whole week as shit. But then when we actually go back and look through your logs and look through your data, like it was actually a fantastic week, but we've filtered our entire experience from that week into like that one moment Mm -hmm. of like shitty mood or like, you know, um, so if you have a tendency to focus on that negative, then maybe bringing some awareness around, you know, those wins or acknowledging like the great things that you are doing, which there is always some of those, no matter how many times you write, there's no wins from this week. Notice the tone in which she says that. It's almost like she's heard that too many times. So many times. And then yeah. I look back and I'm like, what? Or she I probably do it check-ins too. and she's like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I now I preface my check-ins with like this week feels bleh, but I know I still did these things. Yeah. You know, For it's real. not like I'm like pumped writing that. Like I'm not like fuck yeah, I still did these things. I'm <laughs> like, I feel shitty, but also these things were good, you know? Yeah. The two can be true at once. Yeah. So understanding those like patterns um mm-hmm. and building awareness around where you're falling into them can be a great step in helping overcome. Um, and then our next little piece, um, oh, this is funny. (laughs) I have big feelings about this next little note. Okay. So basically we want to, most of the language and like the, the, um, advice that's given in this situation is like around positive affirmation affirmations, right? Like, okay, we're, we're aware we're in this negative self-talk, just like think positively. And that, you know, that's not necessarily going to be super supportive. Um, But instead of thinking positively, what can we do in those situations to reframe? Mindfulness Mm -hmm. comes to mind. So if we can, again, just allow those thoughts to be something that we're experiencing, but we don't make them our entire truth, Mm -hmm. that's definitely a practice. It's not necessarily always easy to have these negative thoughts or feelings or that um, negative self-talk and just instantly like let go of it but again like we talked about with the like making a decision and then trying to make the next one better the quicker we can move through that process and get more reps of that the better that'll come so the more mindfulness um, we can start to incorporate with the more reps so it's definitely like something to get into the practice of is recognizing okay i'm feeling this way cool it doesn't it is what it is something about you yeah yeah and you always you don't always have to have like a reason or anything Mm -hmm. you can just exist in that moment Um, I really like this next one, which is challenging negative thoughts by asking yourself questions. And this is where like having a coach can be so valuable because often the coach will prompt those questions. Um, And sometimes it's easier to reflect when it's coming from like an external source, but asking yourself questions like, is this thought based on facts or assumptions, which oftentimes it probably is in some capacity, um, So for example, like if we step on the scale and we have a negative self-talk spiral after that, those negative thoughts that you're having, were you feeling those before stepping on the scale? You know, um, in this specific example, probably not right. Mm -hmm. We often, so there might be like a triggering moment there, um, or we might be basing these thoughts on an assumption about ourselves, an assumption about someone else, an assumption about a situation um, versus like what's actually happening. Yeah. And, or like what your outcome is. Again, it speaks to me as like this idea of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, 
to use an example, I've been talking with quite a few clients about like an upcoming vacation. And again, their worry is like, it's going to be a fucking runaway. Um, and so it's like, yes, it will be if you tell yourself that. Um, so this is an idea where it's like, is this based on truth? No. Have you proved that to be true for you in the past? Yes. But does it need to be your outcome this time? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So recognizing like, where's this coming from and does it need to be like is it the ultimate truth or can this change right yeah yeah that's a big one navigating any like social situation in general mm-hmm. um okay and then the last one we had here was just emphasizing the importance of self compassion um so understanding like we're human we're going to make quote unquote mistakes Um, we're going to have failures along the way. And like, that's absolutely part of the process. And more, the more that we can acknowledge that the more understanding we can be in those situations and prevent ourselves from falling into that negative spiral. Um, and then on the flip side of that, when things are going well, really making sure that we're like celebrating and acknowledging those things too. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you have any last thoughts or thoughts or feelings or actions? Um, (laughs) No, I don't think so. This is obviously like a very broad topic. Fuck. We say that all the time because things are, Um, but I'd be curious to hear from anyone who listened to it. If there was a specific area in which you'd like to hear us talk about more, um, if we can give different examples that kind of stuff. This would be a great one that we could break down a lot more, but I'd be curious about feedback. Like how does this kind of conversation land for people? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know on the gram, Mm -hmm. message us on the gram and tell us how you're feeling about it. What kind Mm -hmm. of thoughts are you having right now? (laughs) What kind of actions are you going to take? Yeah. Okay. Let's do our fuck yes and fuck no. Oh, fuck. I have a couple fuck yeses. Okay, well, why don't you start with those? Really start off on a positive note. Well, yellow jackets, obviously. Okay, but also so negative. That's a fuck no too, because it's getting like really scary. It is getting like really, I felt like the first season was like, you could believe it. Mm-hmm. And now the second season is like getting a little bit more like, this is like far-fetched. Well, yeah. Just with, like oh, the spiritual I stuff. I feel like there were a lot of moments in the first one where I was like, what the fuck? What I will say is that if you haven't watched it yet, don't watch it stoned. <laughs> it's way worse when you're stoned. I can when I can only imagine that last way. episode. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, we were watching that on Friday. I was yeah. high in falls. Yeah. And we had to stop halfway through because I was like, <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> and then we watched Ted Lasso to chill out before bed. Amazing. Yeah. Ted Lasso also fuck yes. Ah, it's losing it for me. Oh, I love it. What part are you at? Like what season? I'm caught up. Oh. I'm on your yeah. season. Yeah, I like it. It's just like feel good. I mean, I'm not going to not watch it. Yeah. Every time Jamie Tart talks, I just like laugh. Like his accent okay, is fucking love fantastic. Him. I used to hate him and now I really love him. I know. Him. It's and been some like good weird. character development. Yeah. 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 Um, my other fuck yes though is... uh like liquid, not liquid. Um, like I bought those like stick, like found or not foundation. Jesus. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. The highlighter? Makeup. makeup. Um, bronzer. No, I bought like those nudie sticks or nude sticks. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So I got like the bronzer and the blush and the highlighter. Can you be liking? I love it. Like it stays on my face so much better than powder. Um, and it like blends in so nicely. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay. okay I'm liking um, those okay well I'll do a girly beauty fuck yes then okay um maybe you know this maybe you don't but I've always been very opposed to like professional haircuts because they never do what I want they always I'm always like okay just a trim or like just these layers and I walk out and I'm like I hate it yeah for the majority of my adult life either I cut my own hair by going like oh I wish people could see like pulling these strands out cutting them with scissors I would never or I just get my mom too (laughs) she does like a tiny little trim because I can I can yell at her and be like I'll never speak to you again if you right (laughs) Um, so 
in December, I finally went and got a haircut in color because someone gave me, a, was kind enough to gift me a gift card and I loved it. And my hair grew so much faster after it. And it like actually felt healthy. And so I'm going to get another haircut this week. And I'm very Ooh, excited. Nice. Yeah. Is this is like the highest frequency of haircuts I've had since I was a child. Yeah. That's big time. I know. Nice. Okay. What about some fuck no's? Okay, people who don't understand, like, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Dog etiquette. Oh, like, I don't want to raise Rue to say hi to every fucking weird dude on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I say things like, oh, no, they go, oh, can I pet your dog or grocer? Can I touch your dog? And I'm right. Like, no. <laughs> But I'll say, no, we're just training. And I'll like walk on by. And they're like, oh, what? Like, why? Right. I don't want to train her to be like going to say hi to every douchebag bro on the street. Yeah. But (sighs) she's so cute. Well, you can look, but you can't touch. Right. (laughs) (sighs) You're going to get annoyed with this too. I guarantee it. Especially in the puppy stage when it's like so cute. Yeah. And it's going to want to say hi to everybody. To be fair though. As someone who never owned, like I had a Shih Tzu growing up. I don't even count that as a dog. So like never raised a puppy, never like had a dog dog. Until I started researching because we're getting our puppy. There was lots of those things that I like didn't necessarily understand were problematic. But would you be a dick if someone said no? No, I'd just be very sad. Sure. Yeah. Your feelings, that's fine. But But yeah, I totally... I'm like understanding that now big time. Like I'm not a bitch for saying no to you. Yeah. Yeah. Or, oh my God, wait, one more thing. I did this to one person and then he was literally like, no, look, she wants to say hi to me. And I'm like, right. she's a fucking dog with the yeah. brain the size of a pea. Like yeah. she wants to do everything. She eats her own shit. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> did that happen this morning or what? It seems very uh, well. Like, that fresh. specific incident happened when she was a tiny puppy, but right. it has been happening a lot more lately. Mm. I don't know. People are, it's springtime. People are out in the streets more. Right. That's fair. Doing their hot girl walks and pissing me off. <laughs> okay. Nicola's triggered right now. She's going to go sit with her feelings. We're going to wrap this up. Yeah. I'm recognizing, I'm being mindful. I'm letting yeah. <laughs> flow through me. I don't have to internalize it. Yeah. Or maybe I'll sit in this grudge all day and it'll fire my workout later. Who knows? That could be positive too. Uh, okay. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to, this was a long episode. And bearing with us for like the six hours we just talked about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully helpful in some capacity. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next. We made a list, but all as always, if you have ideas for podcast topics please send them our way like literally please yeah <laughs> literally yeah uh that's it that's all we I got just, like, had a couple of ideas okay we're wrapping it up Bye-bye.